I'm excited tonight to share a few things with you guys and um, to have a little bit of time to activate that. So I love that, you know, God wants to speak things to us. And not only does he want to speak things to us, but he wants to give us opportunities for those very things to be activated in our lives. It's part of why we pray, but it's also part of why we really seek to live out the things that we're talking about in this space. It's why we seek to um, walk in obedience with the things that God shows us, because knowing them is not enough. And there's things that God wants to bring about in your life that can only happen through experience, through walking out the truth of those things. There's truths that God says, this is true, and he's waiting for you to take him up on the truth of that so it could be tested and proven as such in your life. Gravity is true. Gravity is true. Um, but I don't know where I'm going this. I was thinking, like, you know, you jump out of a plane, you really know gravity is true, isn't You know, I'm not saying go jump out of a plane. Some of you, you might want to go skydiving. Good for you. The rest of us will stay lower to the earth because gravity is true, okay? That's where I was going with that. But there's, there's things in your life that are true that God is actually wanting to reveal the truth of those things as you live them out. And so I, I love that because it takes the things we're talking out of theory and into practice. And that's my heart. My heart is that the things that God is showing us and speaking to us would move from just theory to practice. And in, in that process that we would see the truth of them and we would have a testimony as God brings that about in our life. So um, tonight's going to be a little bit of chance to practice some of what I want to share. Um, we have been in a series talking about inheritance, specifically what Jesus has won for us through his death on the cross and his victory over death, his resurrection from the grave. And um, we've been talking about this prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians, and he prayed that the church would know the glorious riches of our inheritance. See, I think that prayer is really a prayer of desiring that people would go from theory to practice and experience of what God has for us. I, I, I just really believe that God is, is wanting to open up some doors so that the things that he's given us would be more than theoretical. They would actually be things that we've received and we've experienced and they're now ours. See, someone can give you something, but until you receive it, until you open up the gift, you really haven't experienced the gift. So that's what we're talking about, and that's what I, I hope that God is unfolding in your life um, through this time and, and just through what, what he's doing in our midst here at the Light Church. Um, I want to share something tonight about what we've received, okay, part of our inheritance that comes through Jesus, and it's, it's really... Um, it's related to God's power and his authority. Two big words that are kind of maybe potent with lots of connotations. I want to read a couple of passages that will hopefully help us understand these things a little bit better. And, um, and, and understand our place in them, okay? 
Um, So go with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Before we read this passage, what I want to say is God is in a giving mood. One of you believes that. God is in a giving mood. God loves to give. Now, he's not just in a giving mood tonight. I don't want to make it sound like oh, there's something special. That song, we, it was that song we sung. No, God is in a giving mood. He loves to give good gifts to his children. Do you believe that? And it's his grace that is enabling us to know what he wants to give us so that we can say, okay, Dad, I'm ready to receive it. I believe God in his grace is unfolding the truth that, one, that he wants to give us good things, and two, what those things are so that we can say yes to them. Okay? I want to read this passage in Matthew 28. Anybody here heard of the Great Commission before? Okay, yeah, a few of you. All right, Matthew 28 is titled in many Bibles as the Great Commission. I'm pretty sure the title wasn't there before, but that's what we've named this. And I want to read this passage, and I want to talk about a few things. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says this. He says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. How much authority? All. How much authority? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus talks about this thing called authority. And he says, all authority has been given to me. Do you know why all authority has been given to Jesus? Because he's earned it. Do you know why all authority has been given to Jesus? It's because he's earned it. How did Jesus earn the authority that was given to him? He earned it through obedience. Are you with me? There's actually this moment at the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he goes into the desert. Okay, God, It says that, that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in that place, he was tempted by Satan. How many of you know that Jesus was tempted in a real way? He was tempted in the very areas that he was vulnerable In that place, the enemy tempted Jesus. And one of the things he tempted him with was power and authority. And in fact, he takes him up to a high place and he shows him him everything below. And Satan says, "Um, all of this is mine and I can give it to you. Interesting. Sorry, I'm I'm summarizing this passage. We're not going to go there, okay? But trust me, this is what it says. Satan basically says, all of this is mine, and I can give it to you. And Jesus says, he won't tempt God. 
He says, no, it's not going to happen this way. The enemy offered Jesus what he had because actually he got it from somewhere. The enemy got power and authority from humanity. God actually gave us power and authority. If you go back in Genesis, and I'm, I'm hoping this isn't a rabbit trail, and if it is, we'll just pray that God wraps it up, okay? Back in Genesis, God actually invites us in to share in the authority that he had. And if you look in the garden, it actually says that he gave responsibilities to humanity. And it, I believe it's actually one of the things that God desires is that we would share in his authority. That is to oversee, that is to manage, that is to uh, maintain things for their own good. Actually, that's what authority is supposed to be. But humanity actually gave our right to authority and overseeing when we believe someone other than God. Okay? And that's how actually the enemy could tempt Jesus with power and authority in the wilderness because he had received it from humanity. And this is beautiful thing actually where Jesus himself is actually coming to recover authority that we lost. But he's not going to just receive it from the enemy himself because he knows that actually God is the one who gave it and the way to get it back is to get it from God. So Jesus walks in obedience. Did I lose you guys? Are you gone? Okay, we might have to recover some of this later, all right? So sorry if, if you're lost right now. But when Jesus declares this great commission, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he's saying it comes through my obedience to the Father. And actually he had walked in that obedience all the way to the end. And he was actually going to the grave to actually recover authority on our behalf. So when he gives this message, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, there's a space here. And it almost seems like he just fast forwards to something, which is, he says, go therefore. As a result of this truth, that I have the authority He says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Interesting. He says, I'm sending you on my behalf. And the implication here is that he is giving them what he has. Are you with me? God is in a giving mood. And one of the things that he wants to share with us is he wants to share with us his authority and his power. He wants to see sons and daughters who've been brought into his family helping him to maintain and manage and rule what's here. Are you guys with me? Why would he want to do that? Why would he want to do that? I mean, he could do it himself, even in this passage. It's got to be a little confusing. I'm sure it was a little confusing to them when Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And they're thinking, yeah, all right, go Jesus. And he says, no, you go. I think it reveals the heart of God to bring others into sharing what he has. 
That's the kind of family that we have. We have a, a family that wants to share good things. Are you with me? God wants to share the good things of his family with you. And in fact, I would say that, that that's been his heart from the beginning. And that was his ultimate plan through the son was to recover what was lost so that we could share in it again. There's another passage um, that speaks something similar. It's in John, John chapter 20. And this is after Jesus ascends from the grave and he comes back and he meets with them again. And he basically says, hey, I just want you to know the thing that I told you I was sharing with you, the thing that I called you to, the commission that I gave you to say go still applies. See, because after Jesus died, they thought it's over. And so they went back to doing what they did before he died. For most of them, that was fishing. Fishing's fun, but, you know, when, when you get called into something like the Great Commission, you know, that's probably not where you're supposed to be. So when Jesus comes back, he goes and he visits those that um, he had spoken to, and he visits those that knew him. And one of the things he says in John 20, okay, when he shows up, Jesus, fresh out of the grave, first thing he says is, peace be with you. You know, they were freaking out. Okay, this is, these are the types of, of details that just let you know this is the real deal, you know. Jesus is like, calm down. <laughs> it's really me. <laughs> and it says in in chapter 20, it says, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. But then he says again, calm down. <laughs> Peace be with you. He said it twice. He's like, okay, it didn't sink in the first time. It's really me. Peace. Peace be with you. But then he says this, and this is amazing. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. It's a continuation of what he spoke to them before he went to the cross, before he went to the grave. The commission that he gave them, all authority has been given to me, so you go. He comes back from the grave, they're like, all right, he's back. <laughs> Maybe we won't have to do this on our own anymore. He says, as I've been sent, so I send you. Do you see the sharing heart of God? calling them into and calling them forward into his purpose and plans for them before they even knew what those would be, before they were even ready to receive it, before they were able to walk in it, Jesus says, I have the authority, so you go. He says, I've been sent, so I'm sending you. He's inviting them in to share in his plans and purposes. And I want to suggest that the very thing that Jesus spoke over them, the very thing that he called them to, the very thing that he shared with them through these words, he's sharing with us. Do you believe that God has called you? Some of you are waiting for a call from him, but I want you to know the phone has already rung. 
If you said yes to Jesus, you answered the call. You've been called out by him. Some of you are still waiting to be called into something, but you've been called into the family of God. So if you say yes to Jesus, you've said yes to his call on your life, and you've said yes to receiving what he wants to give you. I want to I want to just expound on this a little bit further and then we're going to activate some of this tonight. This is pretty simple, okay? I think Holy Spirit help us if it's not. <laughs> um Ephesians 2, all right, where we where we've sort of started with this. I want to go back there. You have received an inheritance when you receive the family. Part of that inheritance, I want to suggest that we cannot do the things that God's called us to without his power and without his authority. Do you believe that? The good news, though, is that he's given those things. And he's given those things freely through his life and death and resurrection. And he's actually desiring for us to discover the truth of that and to grow in that. See, God has given all of his authority to those that follow him. But we don't have all of his authority being exercised in our life. So God is actually desiring for us to grow in those things. How do we grow in authority? We grow in authority the same way Jesus grew in authority. I believe Jesus grew as he walked in obedience and he saw victory. Jesus walked in obedience, so every step was a victory for Jesus. In the same way in your life, I believe you grow in authority as you walk with God and what he's revealing to you, and you walk in obedience in those things, and you experience victory in your life. That's an area in your life that you now have authority in. How do you have victory? You have victory because Jesus is with you and he's empowering you to walk upright. Are you with me? Okay. So God wants you to grow in his authority by growing in victory in your life. Do you believe victory is available to you because of Jesus? See, when he says all authority has been given to me, it's because he had the victory. And he has shared that with us. Because of Jesus, we have the victory. Part of our inheritance is Jesus' victory. God wants to grow you in authority through your obedience and through the things in your life that become victories. In Ephesians 2, he talks about the Spirit. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Sorry, Ephesians 1. He says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That's verse 13. Then he goes on when he prays this prayer. I think I might have given you the wrong passage. I told you two. It was one. Just off by, by one address. Okay, 
Well, it's in chapter 1, and this is what it says, this prayer that Paul prays. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you would know the hope to which he has called you, ah, his calling, the riches of, your glorious, of the, his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He says, I'm praying that you would know the power that you have in Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I needed a cup upgrade. That one just, you know, it's like, that might be six ounces. And you're supposed to have like 120 a day. I have a long way to go today. Okay. Paul saying, I'm praying that you would know the great power that you've received. Part of our inheritance is power. Power to overcome, power to actually see victory in our lives, power to see change around us. And he says, just so you know, have a reference point for the power that is in you because of the Holy Spirit. It's the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you know you're not powerless? There's nothing in your life that you are powerless in if you have God. Now, we don't always see the victory that's been promised, but it is ours. We have his power, and it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's, that's pretty strong. He goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through your spirit and your inner being. He's saying, I'm praying that you would know the power that is your inheritance so that you'd be strengthened from the inside out to walk in victory. I just believe tonight even that there is there is available for us perhaps victory that we haven't seen yet do you believe that and i believe god in his grace is is wanting to make that actuality not theory in our lives and so i want to pray for that tonight also i i just believe that part of this inheritance is that we get to do the same thing that Jesus did in the sense that we get to share what he shared with us. Part of the reason we share testimony is because we're sharing about the victory that we have. That's one of the ways we share our inheritance with others, is we share the victory that God's given us. That's why testimony is so powerful. And in that, we're saying, God, do it again. See, I believe actually part of this inheritance and talking about this is understanding that it's not you and your journey alone with God and receiving all these things, um, you know, just by yourself. That is actually, I believe we can activate inheritance in each other. The way that Jesus did with his disciples. Can I say that? So Jesus said, what I have, I'm giving to you. I'm sharing it with you. 
Wow, how powerful. And I think in that he set an example in the Great Commission for how they were to disciple each other, to share what they've received. A lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you is part of the inheritance that I've received, and I want to give it away. So I think there's a place where when we've experienced victory with God, we've got to not keep it to ourselves. Give it away. Give it away. I don't know. That can look like a number of things. I think it can look like just sharing your story, especially when it's um, pertinent, applicable with somebody else that you know that might be struggling with the thing that you used to struggle with. I think it's also praying for others, believing the same thing is possible. I think it's also what we try to do here as a church, calling each other into more. Do you believe that there's more for you? I don't know if you're there yet, but I believe it for you. (laughs) I believe it for you. Um, one more thing, and then we're going we're gonna to pray, okay? Romans 1. Romans 1, 11. It's really short. You really don't have to go there. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to go there, but might as well just tell you. In Romans 1, 11, Paul, he's talking to the church, and he says, he says, there it is. I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you to make you strong. This is Paul saying, I want to share what God's given me. It's the same heart that's behind the prayer that he prays in Ephesians. Say, I'm longing for you to know what you have. And in this passage, Paul's saying, I long to come to you so that I can share it with you first hand. How cool is that? We can share what God has done in our lives with each other. And in fact, I think we're supposed to. I think it's one of the ways that we honor each other. We encourage each other. We say we're not in competition with each other, but we want good things for each other. So we're going to do that today. (laughs) Okay. If you don't catch anything else from this message, it's what we're about to do right now that I think is really important. I hope some of this teaching helps make sense of it for you, okay? Don't get all nervous because, I, you know, I'm closing the Bible. They're closing it. <laughs> Actually, I want to read a quote, and then I want to um, pray specifically into this. Um, this is perhaps maybe a way that it could be a little more succinct and understood. This is from a book called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. And um, one of the authors is Chris Vallotton. I believe these are his words. He says, one of the key ingredients in the process of increase is inheritance. Aha. (laughs) He says, inheritance is the link between the generations. It is what each generation receives from the previous generation And then what they pass on to the next. This is the part I want you to really pay attention to. He says, when one generation has been fruitful and multiplied, 
the next generation starts out ahead of where they would have been in in a certain area of life. They start out ahead of where they would have had to start out in a certain area of life. He's talking about sharing what we've received. He goes on to say, when we receive an inheritance, we are freely getting what someone else paid a price for. We talked about that, inheritance as an irrevocable gift. He says, inheritance makes each generation responsible to both receive and honor what has been passed on from the previous generation and then pay their own price to make it grow so that the next generation starts ahead of them. He gives an example. He says, a financial inheritance will enable a young couple to buy a house or a car much earlier than they could if they had to depend solely on their own income. That's a good picture. So, I don't know about you, but we look around the room and we don't really have a ton of generations <laughs> represented. Most of us are in a very similar um, range, okay? But I think this word still applies for us. Meaning, I think that there are, there are victories that have happened in this room that are part of why we're where we're at today. And I actually, I just want to take a minute to honor that. Starting there. Um, I don't know if we're, if we're fully aware of that. And, and I'm sure there are parts of that that we're not going to be fully aware of. But I just, I feel like it's important for us to acknowledge, even right now, that there is, there is obedience in this room that we haven't even seen, that have, has led us to be where we're at. Obedience in this room to God, first and foremost, that has led to victory, that has allowed us to be where we're at. By His grace. Wow. I feel specifically compelled to, to just honor those that have served in leadership. Okay? I know it's across the board, but particularly, I just really believe that um, there are leaders who, you know, are, are fine with not having their name called or having their face up on a board somewhere, but really who have helped pave the way for where we're at. If you've served in leadership in a church, I just, I just want you to stand up for a minute. If you've served in leadership, if you're serving currently or you've served in leadership in the past, um, would you just stand up? Can we just spend a minute to honor them? Let's just, like this, this, this is good. This is a good place to start. I just want to honor each of you for your obedience to God. Not for having some role, but for your obedience to God. And for going with him in the difficult things. For your sake and for the sake of others. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can sit down. It's awesome. Um, okay. 
Now I want to pray. And I want to pray along these lines. Along the lines of what Paul says in Romans 1. I believe that we can share what we have. And we can share with each other what we have. Um, I know that our students are heading out soon. And so I kind of want to start it there, but it's not just for our students, okay? But I do believe that in particular, those that are going out this summer, I want an opportunity um, to pray for you specifically as sort of a commissioning that you would go out in greater measure of power and authority because I know that you're going to need it. Okay? And I also want to just pray in that. Um, there, there are things that we've had victory in in this house, and I want to pray that those things would be shared. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're a student, um, actually what I want to say is if, if you're a student, yeah, come up, come up here. We, we, we don't do this on a regular basis. In fact, we've never done this before, so there's no real protocol. But I want to pray for our students, and I want to pray for an increase, an increase, okay? And that probably is going to look different for each of you, but I want to pray for an increase. And if, if you're not a student... Just, um, but you want to just pray into this, just come up to pray, okay? Do this for me. This is a posture of receiving, okay? That's what we're, we're just, we're just asking for God to give good things to you. And if you want that, just do this as, as a, a posture of receiving, okay? And I just want to pray. I want to pray for an increase. So just give a few minutes, and you guys just pray into that. If you're around them, just pray into that. I'm going to close this in that prayer.